0: Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. Wags, we've got a new setup for those that are watching on our brand new YouTube video, but it's the same old podcast. It's Dane here with Wags. And finally, we're actually talking about football, Wags, preseason football happening on Saturday. It's been a long road
1: and uh, we still don't get to see Aaron Rodgers, but that's okay. He's on the team. All is well for now. Uh, up in uh, Green Bay. And I'm super excited to see these guys out on the field. We've got some pretty cool storylines, and we will be getting into a couple of position groups uh, here in tonight's episode as well.
0: Yeah, uh, but you mentioned Rodgers won't be suiting up. I don't think he'll be suiting up at all in the preseason. I think Coach LaFleur said something along the lines is very unlikely. Um, I I can go ahead and say it's not going to happen. I think that we all know what Aaron Rodgers can do. And what a great chance for the Packers to finally see Jordan Love, last year's first-round pick, get some live reps. Wags, it's been a minute since Jordan Love played actual foot and eye and us as Packer fans are going to see Jordan Love playing when the, you know, the bullets flying and the defense coming after him a little bit. So um, what should we be looking for uh, from your opinion, from Jordan Love in his first outing in the green and gold? So I'm going to be really interested to see right from that first possession, because
1: those are the scripted plays, those first five, 10 plays, depending on how long that drive goes, that they're practicing. And I know it's just the preseason game, but that will be part of the process. This is real game environment. First snaps uh, as, as an NFL player for Jordan Love. It's, it's easy to forget that he did not have a preseason last year, didn't suit up in any of the games. And now we're going to see him in his first live action uh, as a football player in almost two years, since he was a senior at Utah State. So it's been a while for him, and this is going to be exciting, I think, for Packer fans to see him in live action. To answer your question, um, after that first series, consistency, how is he able to command this offense? Is he is he able to get to that second read? Uh, those are the things that, you know, I know it's the first outing, but he's going to be under some scrutiny and under a little bit of a microscope uh, in those regards, because we know he can move his feet. Obviously, we expect the offense. Uh, the, the guys up front will be ready to go, but, uh, he's got to be able to move the football and move those chains.
0: And is it safe to say that we should be pretty patient no matter what? I don't care if Jordan comes out and throws four touchdowns on Saturday or if he comes out and has a difficult time moving the ball or anything in between. Uh, it's his first outing. Uh, he, you know, getting these live reps. Uh, I, I think we just need to preach patience. This is all part of the plan with him. And, uh, you know, we're kind of used to seeing great, great, great quarterback play uh, with Jordan. I I'm am I want to be encouraged by him, but I'm also not looking for him to light the world on fire. I want to see if the game looks slow to him, if it looks fast to him. I want to see if it looks like he has a grasp of the playbook. I want to see if he can make some of the throws. The stats don't matter as much. I want to also know how he carries himself when things are going well and when things aren't going well. There's a lot of different things that are going to be. Um, visible for the first time for us. And I think that's probably what I'm most excited about is let's just see who this guy actually is a little bit. For sure. And defenses tend to be a little bit
1: more vanilla in preseason, yeah. uh, particularly in this first game or two. So it'll be interesting too, when things break down, how much is he using his feet uh, to try to uh, get out of the pocket and and pick up some yardage that way? Uh, he's a, a athletic guy, so he, I would expect that we may see some of that. Uh, and then is he ha- having the confidence to push the ball downfield vertically? Uh, in the practice we went to a couple of weeks ago, he didn't have that sharpness that particular day, uh, and he was dumping off most of his, his passes shorter. Uh, which is fine if you're hitting and connecting on those passes. At least you can keep moving the ball downfield. However, I think in this offense, being able to, uh, you know, test the defense vertically is definitely going to be something that we're, we're going to see, especially with, with, uh, the ones out there. Uh, Jordan's going to get a chance to play with the main guys on this offense. So it's not like he's going to be out there the majority of time with, uh, you know, your second and third string guys. Um, they're all going to be out there competing and, and looking to, to make sure that they can have an impact early, get their reps in. And, and then uh, in the case of a guy like Devontae Adams, uh, he'll probably get a couple series, but, um, you know, I, I'd like to see Jordan make those connections early, uh, with those high impact guys, uh, as well. So it's going to be interesting to see Dane. I'm not going to make any predictions, but. You're absolutely right. We can't get too high. We can't get too low. Uh, Let's give this guy a chance to see what he can do. And I hope for his sake that he goes out there and and has a solid performance.
0: Yeah, so do I. And of course, uh, I think he'll get the lion's share. What's your expectation? I, I would guess three quarters. Jordan gets to play in this first game if i had to guess Kurt Bankert, the third and only other quarterback on the roster i bet he plays out the fourth quarter and i think it's probably going to be similar in game 2 but a uh, preseason game 2 uh, i should make that note but um i think that Jordan gets the lion's share and then Kurt probably gets the uh the the kind of fourth quarter there because he's still trying to battle for a spot maybe a practice squad spot as well and i think the packers are eager to see what they have in him too
1: Perhaps um it might end- depend on game flow. Uh, keep in mind, too, they're going to want to get a full evaluation of some of these guys that we're going to be talking about in that wide mm-hmm. receiver group. So I wouldn't necessarily be shocked if maybe not in this first game, but in one of these games, if Jordan Love doesn't play all four quarters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you're going to get some good tape because now you've got the same guy throwing the ball, Uh to everyone and you know so there's something to be said for that and there's no reason to cut down on any snaps we need to get Jordan Love as many reps as possible so you know Kurt will I think get some time out there this preseason for sure but um, I I wouldn't be shocked if, if Jordan Love plays a full game or two in this preseason.
0: Wags so you know we've got this quarterback situation and all's well that ends well right now. Aaron Rodgers will be in the building, which we weren't sure about a lot of this preseason and, and offseason. Um, but there's a lot of other guys that can help out the quarterback uh, during the regular season. And um, looking at the running back group uh, right away here, I think that it's fair to say that we've got our one and our two locked in, in Aaron Jones and in A.J. Dillon. But after that, there's a little bit of uncertainty and we don't have a ton of other backs in camp right now, but we do have a few and uh, it seems like right now and tell me your, your perception of this, but it is a dead heat. Uh, between um, the seventh round pick Hill and uh, last year's undrafted free agent, Patrick Taylor, Dexter Williams, who's been on the roster the last couple seasons is also uh, battling the, the former um, six round pick, I believe from Notre Dame, seventh round pick from Notre Dame. But um, I'm really curious to see what the pecking order is, who's getting snaps and who can differentiate themselves uh, to, to try to make this third running back uh, spot out of camp.
1: Yeah, Kylan Hill, Dexter Williams, and Patrick Taylor all listed uh, co-third string on the depth chart uh, be- behind uh, Dylan and Aaron Jones. No doubt this is a battle. I think early on in camp, Taylor was on the the pup list, uh, so he was not active in practice. And it looked like Kylan Hill was starting to get a little bit of an upper hand. Dexter Williams has looked really good as a runner. Early in camp, uh, but I think in the last week or so, as pads have come on, uh, there's been a lot of talk about special teams and the impact that's going to have on the final roster. I think that's always discussed, but I really feel like the Packers mean it this year, mm-hmm. and so it. We we're talking offline, and I think it's worth mentioning now that kick return position right now it could be between Kylan Hill and Patrick Taylor. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be a battle to watch. In addition to what they're doing out there on the offense of side of the ball as runners, what are they doing as return men in that kick return game and what kind of opportunities they get? Because a lot of times you don't have an opportunity to pull the ball out of the end zone with the way that the rules are set up now uh, with kickoffs. So, uh, that's going to be really interesting and fascinating to see. Does that leave a guy like Dexter Williams on the outside looking in? I, I wouldn't necessarily say that. But as of now, it appears that uh, that Kylan Hill and Patrick Taylor might have the upper hand. And Patrick Taylor's come on strong in the last few days uh, and is getting a lot of a lot of really good um, uh feedback I think from the coaching staff and and from the Packers beat reporters so it's just an exciting thing to see uh, even though it's you might think well it's for the third running back listen we've been fortunate with health the last couple of years with that running back position and I I hope that continues this year but uh, these are guys that could end up getting the lion's share of carries. Uh, in a game or two at some point in this season. So it's an important decision, and I'm excited to see what that battle looks like as well.
0: Yeah, you mentioned the special teams aspect of it. We saw some of the positional coaches on the defensive side of the ball, outside linebackers coach, as well as DB's coach, talking about the importance of special teams for some of their their guys to stick. I, I can't recall, Wags, the last time that I've seen so many positional coaches come out and talk about the back end of the roster, um, needing to earn it on special teams, uh, a- as right now. And, um, you know, the, the thing about Patrick Taylor that I've been so excited about, even when he came on last year, obviously dealt with injuries a lot of the season, but, um, he's such a big back and he's, he's very sturdy running back, uh, coach Matt Lafleur today talked about uh, Patrick Taylor's study habits, but what also stuck out to me was the fact that he said, you know what? I think that Taylor could be helpful in pass blocking situations. And that's something that really stuck out because that's something Jamal Williams was phenomenal in. And um, the jury's still out right now uh, on AJ Dillon. I don't know as much about Kylan Hill uh, because he's a rookie, but um for the head coach of the Packers to make note of that and make it noticeable. Um, this isn't college football. This is the NFL. And Aaron Rodgers is the uh, MVP, MVP for a reason. And it's because he needs to stand upright. And the running back's job in this league is sometimes as much about what you can do to keep a linebacker or a blitzing safety off the quarterback's backside as it is about how you run the football. And uh, if Taylor can show in live reps in the preseason, then he might make it hard for him to get cut and vice versa. Kylan Hill, man, if he looks good, uh, the Packers might be talking about trying to sneak away to to get four running backs on a roster, which could totally blow up projections, but it's a good problem to have when you have this much talent at a roster position.
1: It is for sure. And it'll be interesting. It may be, you know, one of those semantics things, but what if one of them looks a lot better in, you know, your third down back role as a pass blocker, as a runner, et cetera, and the other pops a little bit more as a return man, what's more important? So, um, and, you know, we'll see if that's a scenario that we'll see play out, but, uh, you know, it's going to be exciting to see those guys battle for sure. So, Dane, let's jump over to this wide receiver group. I think this is – the most talked about position group on the team. Is that fair to say? I think year in and year out. The wide receiver group tends to get the most interest from casual and hardcore fans alike. For years now, it seems like we've been talking about when can we get an established number two for Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if we have one yet this year, but I've got to tell you, Last year, I was a little bit nervous about what I had seen from MVS in camp. And while I did not expect him to be anywhere close to not making the final roster, I was not comfortable putting him in the lock category. Mm-hmm. And his inconsistency over the course of the season, I think, you know, he was good. But, you know, that bore out that he wasn't a number two, right, Um last season. What we've seen from him in camp so far this year I'm not going to say he's locked in in a number two spot, but, Dane, we saw right off the bat, even just on drills, I'm like, MBS, does his hands look a little bit better? Don't his hands look a little bit better? Uh, he just looks like he has a lot more confidence out there early. And, of course, it's got to ha- have to translate. But I think it's going to be exciting to see at the top end. We've, obviously, we've got Devontae. It's just a beast. I think Alan Lazard is that consistent guy for the most part. He got a little bit uh of an injury last year and I think that threw him off uh when he came back from injury. But if MVS can pick up some of his consistency this year, I mean those guys at the top are going to be, I think, you know, doing some special stuff.
0: Yeah. And oh yeah, by the way, Randall Cobb is back in Green Bay and we drafted Amari Rodgers in the third round. So this is a stacked wide receiver group. All of a sudden wags, I, I I think it's safe to say barring injury or something unforeseen, but five roster spots are pretty locked in when you start talking about Adams, Cobb, Rodgers, Lazard, MVS, right? I, I think that's five right there. I was just going to ask you that.
1: Are those spots basically locked at this point? I I agree with you as, as hard as that is to believe.
0: I think those five guys are locked in. Um, Yeah. So, so all of a sudden we have 12 wide receivers in camp right now, battling for one roster spot, as far as I'm concerned, plus practice squad, right? I, it's an expanded roster again, 16 instead of 12 on the practice squad, but uh to to you know to to look at it, I think to look at it fairly, we are talking about a lot of guys battling for that one spot, and a lot of guys are making a case right now too. Uh, I think that Winfrey is somebody who, uh, throughout uh, OTAs, people are saying, "Holy smokes, this guy's catching the ball." Uh, this guy, who's this guy? Right? That people are kind of looking around, and it, it's translated. It's translated, I think, into, uh, into training camp so far. Um, have any other wide receivers stuck out to you right now, Wags? Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, I think it's – I don't want to go to the negative side, but two guys that I think some very casual fans might have assumed were going to be on this roster are Devin Funchess and Equimanius St. Brown. Mm-hmm. As of right now, barring injuries, which could definitely change things a lot, so I don't want to get too overly excited about the top five. Um, those two guys, I think, if I had to guess, might be on the outside looking in, mm-hmm. which is interesting because then you've got a bunch of young guys that are really battling it out. Malik Taylor was on the roster all year last year. He was a strong special teams contributor. He's a good blocker from the wide receiver position. So he was getting snaps out there on the offense uh, when they had running formations. I don't know. I haven't heard much about him in camp so far, but um, while I wouldn't say he's a lock, I I would say he's probably definitely right in the thick of things to try to get that sixth spot. Dane, are we even sure they're going to carry six receivers? That's an assumption. I don't know. Could they carry five? Could they carry seven? Nothing's <laughs> going to surprise me at this point. We just got done talking about possibility of having four running backs. Well, you got to take one of those spots from somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so, not to to overemphasize this, but the special teams impact is is definitely going to play into this group as well because. I'll tell you what, if you can't contribute on special teams in some meaningful way, it's going to be hard for this front office and coaching staff to make the case that they're going to hold a roster spot open for the sixth or seventh wide receiver.
0: Yeah, and you, you talk about the the special teams and kind of the young guys on the back end. Um I I'll go out on a limb right now. I don't see a scenario where Devin Funches makes this roster. Um, no, no disrespect. He's played in the league and he's been productive at times in this league. I've got nothing against him. I, and I hope he does well and I hope he somehow sticks, but, um, I see him more as a piece where if things don't work out this year, um, you know, he's just going to be unceremoniously cut. If he shows up in preseason, I think the Packers might not be done at defensive line quite yet. And kind of one of those, you see a lot of activity, not a lot of trades in the NFL uh, generally, but when you see them is on draft day and you see them right around cuts because teams don't want to see other teams, players go through waivers. So, I mean, I, I, listen, I, I don't know who's out there. I don't know. I'm not doing the math, but he's the, seems like the kind of guy that should be playing in the NFL somewhere. This season, and will be playing in the NFL somewhere. I just don't see it in Green Bay because of the the roster makeup. And I, I go down the list. Um, you mentioned Malik Taylor, uh, but uh, you know DeAndre Tompkins is another guy who's very successful in college at Penn State, Big Ten. Um, not only as wide receiver, but as a special teams guy, Reggie Bengleton, he played a ton of football in Canada, was on the practice squad all year last season. People look at his age, he's going to be turning 28. But if the Packers didn't think that he had at least a a, a fighter's chance to make this roster or the practice squad again, he's not there right now. Right. So I, I think that uh, up and down the list, I'm hopeful Chris Blair can get back. He's been injured. He's been dealing with an ankle injury. Um, it's going to be very, very hard for him to make the roster um, not being able to get on the practice field. But maybe they stash him on the practice squad and and see what he can do. And, you know, on and on with everybody on this roster. But I agree. I think that Devin Funches and uh, and uh, Equinamia St. Brown are two guys that fans know about but are really in the fight for their Packer lives right now, because they're getting pushed by every other young guy that we've just talked about.
1: Yeah. Um, EQ. I thought was fortunate to make the team last year. If he wouldn't have gotten hurt in the preseason, I'm not sure he would have. Um, he just wasn't really showing it in the preseason uh, from my stand- from my vantage point. Funchess. I don't know. Um, I'm just not a huge fan either, personally. Uh, I think that's part of it. I'll be honest. I, I love all of our Packers, but something about him just sort of rubbed me the wrong way and how he approached this offseason. Uh, I really thought that for a guy that took a year off of football, for him to skip the OTAs, uh rubbed me the wrong way. And look, we talked about it back then. We don't know what his situation was, but He's been talking about, I saw in uh, recent interviews, that he's starting to learn the system and once he learns the system, it's like, hey, look, man, you know, you should have been in OTAs and learning the system and up to speed before you showed up for camp. Uh, That's just my perspective on it. And I have a hard time thinking that his position coaches and our offensive coordinator, coach Hackett and ultimately coach before probably aren't in the back of their minds thinking the same thing, talented guy, but I don't know if he's really a need or a fit on this roster. So we will see. And of course, Amari Rogers right now, definitely looks like he could have the leg up as our punt returner. So contributions across the board, I'm going to be really excited to see him in action. I, 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 think he could be a special impact player right away here in year one and so I'm I'm excited to see him out on the field this week.
0: Wags I think is it safe to say uh, Packer fans this weekend take a look at who's on special teams ones? Um, I take a look at which receivers are on that. That's telling to me the, the Packers are really doubling down with the new special teams coach. Uh, today we're recording on Wednesday, um, Ty Summers and Warren Burks, uh, both inside linebackers for the Packers core special teams players for the Packers. We're talking about how they want to change the culture. Uh, of the special teams unit and be leaders on that special teams unit. They already are. Uh, But I think that that's showing the leadership and setting the tone. We're hearing more and more about this unit right now. And I think part of the reason is because this is a stack Packers team, so we're not talking about a lot of starting battles. We're talking a lot about back-end roster battles, these guys that can then contribute on the third phase of the game, the special teams phase. So, um, Wags, I'm going to be paying a lot of attention to who's showing up on special teams, not only some big kick return or a punt return. That's that's flashy. I want to know, I, I saw earlier this week DeAndre Tompkins down to punt uh, within inside the five-yard line. That's a big deal. Right. That means he's out there. They're giving him a chance to play. I'm really, I mentioned Chris Blair. I really want to see him get back. We had him on our podcast. I love uh, his game. He's a big play threat. I would have to earn it one way or another. Um, but up and down this wide receiver group, let's see who gets out there. Let's see who's earning reps, not only this first preseason game, but who sticks from the first one to the second preseason game with the special teams ones, because that I think is going to be a glimpse into who's earning roster spot.
1: Yeah, look, if you want to impress some of your friends in, in your Packer discussions, uh when you get out go out and have a beer or in your, you know, group chats, um, point out who's flashing as a gunner on a yes. special team. Because I promise you, those are the guys that are gonna catch the coach's attention. Who's blocking in the return game? Uh sometimes it's hard to see from the camera angles on TV, admittedly, but if you can pay attention to that and just Maybe rewind some of those plays or take your eye off the ball for a second. Uh, those are the types of little things that you can pick up to see who's got a leg up and who's really doing their job. Um, because the coaches will see everything. And those could be uh, the types of plays that make or break someone ultimately making the roster.
0: Wags, Jay Kummerow. Made a number of based uh, on on his uh, abilities on special teams. I remember you and I at the playoff game Seattle a couple of years back. We were watching him gun down the field, and I remember looking at you like, "Holy crap!" I didn't realize Jay Kumoro was that fast. Uh, Jared Bush, who came on our pod last year, Super Bowl champion, he made a nine year career. Uh, played some defense, but a lot of that was based on his special teams. You can carve out a heck of a role in the NFL for a very long time doing just that. If you're consistent with it, the Packers had a, uh, very poor, uh, consistency last year in special teams. We had some standout athletes there, but as a unit had some struggles, That is a unit that needs to get better if we're going to take the final step and get to the Super Bowl. And I think that's why I'm so inspired that they're doubling down on that, and that's why I think this wide receiver group on the back end is going to need to contribute.
1: Yeah, so I think that about does it for the wide receiver group. Let's move over to the tight ends. This is the, the last offensive position group we wanted to talk about heading into preseason game one this week. Dame, I think we know the guys at the top. It's, it's, it's Bob Tunyon and, and Big Cat Mercedes Lewis are, are going to be at the top of the depth chart here. Um, it, after that, it gets really interesting. Uh, certainly, we know Josiah DeGuara is coming off injury. Uh, I don't believe he's going to be active this week. I could be wrong on that, but uh, keep an eye on him. He's in the rehab and, and coming around. So I certainly think we'll see him at some point this preseason. But, um, uh, obviously he's a guy that we expect to, to contribute pretty significantly this year. Uh, that said, um, the rest of this group, I think is going to be fascinating. Um, you know We've got guys, Jay Sternberger, former third-round pick. I don't know if he's going to make this roster, so we'll see what he's doing. The preseason is going to definitely make a big impact on that decision. We love Dominique Daphne, um, Isaac Nada, uh, and then a couple of other guys that we just bought in, so Bronson Kafusi and then Daniel Crawford uh, as well. Um, so we've got four guys listed on the third-team depth chart, uh, but – you know that's pretty fluid to me. I, I think you know I wouldn't be surprised to see one of of those guys that are a, a third on the depth chart potentially move up and uh, take a spot uh, as uh, on the second team on the depth chart. Dane, what are you going to be focusing on with this tight end group in, in this first game?
0: Yeah, uh, Weg, So as you mentioned, uh, Robert Tunyon and and Mercedes Lewis, they're locks on this, on this roster, barring something catastrophic as is Deguara. He's working his way back, uh, Josiah Deguara, but he was a third round pick. Uh, he's starting to work his way in now, fortunately. Um, so really I'm looking at Dominic Daphne, uh, who just got off the physically on un- uh, unable to perform list as well, uh, showed up at major moments last season for the Packers. Um, I have him penciled in as making the team because he does so much for what the Packers like to do. He showed a lot of athleticism. I think he was a huge surprise, not only to Packer fans, but frankly to the coaching staff. Um, and, uh, we've had a chance to talk with him and his, his process and his, film study sounds second to none wags right like he is working at it all the time and then we saw the translation on the field he had a clean catch for a touchdown aaron rodgers saying his praises late last season which doesn't always happen right so um he's somebody that i want to see what he's able to do but he's got to make sure that he's healthy right so coming off the physically unable to perform list is a huge deal and then from there um isaac nada is making it really hard uh, to cut this guy uh, he was a seventh-round pick from from Detroit, um, but well, a five-star recruit uh, in college, went to Georgia. And he is, we're seeing a lot of the Packer day-to-day beat writers tweeting about um I, I think that um, I'm expecting him to get a lot of snaps, Wags. Uh, on on Saturday night because the Packers want to take a very, very hard look at him. Jay Sternberger, he's suspended for the first two games. He's not going to count against the 53-man roster um, should he make the, the team out of camp. So one way or another, I think the Packers carry four tight ends the first two weeks, even in Jay Sternberger's absence. And I say at least four tight ends because we do so much with the, with the tight end group, uh, in green Bay, not only offensively where you see two or sometimes three tight ends, but also in the special teams. Again, um, I think it's going to be a little bit harder for somebody like a Bronson Kafuzi to make the team. He was a defensive end who is now transitioning to the tight end room. Daniel Crawford, another one of those H back guys. He came in, uh, when, um, when, um, uh, Gaither, uh, the undrafted wide receiver, retired uh, unceremoniously a couple of weeks ago. They brought in Daniel Crawford. Um, I think that he's a guy who they wanted to take a look because we had some injuries to the tight end group. No offense to Daniel Crawford, but I think that they needed to add somebody there. But he, um, to his credit, he's stuck on the roster right now. He's still there. Um, so I'm curious to see what he can do. But Wags, I want to see mostly Isaac Nada, Dominic Daphne. Um, because those are guys that are going to be scratching and clawing uh, to to not only make the team, because I think Daphne makes the team outright, but I think, uh, can they contribute? How are they going to contribute as the season goes on? Because I think the Packers would love to stash one or two tight ends on this expanded practice squad. So whether that's Isaac not or others, um, these guys are fighting not only for active roster spots, but also to stay within the organization, because we've seen time and again how many guys get called up as the season goes on. This isn't really a 53. Three man roster it's 53 plus 16 so i want to see what these guys can do on every facet of the game yeah do you think we keep four or five tight ends on the 53 five somehow okay. I, I don't know how the math's going to work out it's going to be really hard to break down the, the the math but i think it's more likely the packers keep five tight ends than four running backs uh, because we like to use kind of that H-back role. I consider Dominic Daphne, while he's listed as a tight end, he can also play kind of that t- fullback H-back role as Ken Deguara. So I think that because the, I wouldn't consider them traditional tight ends, I see them kind of being those move guys, uh, a little bit more. So I think the Packers find a way to keep five.
1: I agree. And I,
0: I also want
1: to watch for this group. It's, it's Sternberger. It's Nada, and it's Daphne. Those are the three guys I want to watch because, to me, if they keep five, it's two of those three getting into that spot. So, which one is potentially the odd man out? That's going to be really interesting to watch. Uh, I'm not going to make any predictions right now, but um, I, I really think that it's going to be a, a situation where Daphne, I agree, has a little bit of a leg up, um, which – Considering his path, uh, but what for what he did in the second half of last season, clearly he can help this team in multiple facets. And so I think that puts him in a really strong position. Now he's gonna have to go out there and, and obviously perform in the preseason and the rest of this camp, but um then it's down to Sternberger and Isaac Nauta. And it's it might be a toss up. I know Sternberger's the third round pick. Uh, so he gets kind of the nod in some respects, but I don't know. Something tells me that he's underwhelmed this uh, front office and coaching staff a little bit. There's got to be a reason why the year after they drafted him in third round, they went out and uh, spent capital to bring in uh, Josiah DeGuara. And he seemed to be getting phased out a little bit in camp last year. And even before he got, I believe he had COVID um, uh, late in the season, he was starting to get, he, he wasn't getting much, um, action out on the field in any phase. So it's going to be a tough road, I think, for Jay Sternberger because you kind of get to a point where you start to ask, what is the future uh, with this guy as part of the team? Um, and it's not necessarily just what he's doing right now, uh, as that fourth or fifth guy, because you want someone that you feel like you can continue to develop and can, can help this, this team maybe next year or the year after as well. Uh, so not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but um, it, that's going to be an interesting battle. I I, I do think uh, both all three of those guys are definitely ones to watch. Um, again, pay attention to their blocking. Pay attention to what they're doing on special teams. It's not just about how many catches and how many yards that they get. Uh, that doesn't hurt. That's part of their job too. But um, it, it's going to be uh, multiple areas that they're going to be getting evaluated.
0: Wags talking about this group a little bit more. um, So is it fair to say, I would say that Daphne and Deguara have similar skill sets roughly in the, in the sense that they're, they're kind of the H back guy. I would say Mercedes Lewis and Isaac Nada, To a certain degree could kind of fill similar roles to a certain degree. Obviously Mercedes Lewis is a, you know, 15, 16 year NFL vet. Um, Tunyon seems to be more of the receiving threat tight end, uh, that I would argue Sternberger is that as well, or that's kind of when they drafted him, how they foresaw him to be. Um, is there a scenario where the Packers with knowing that Jay Sternberger is going to be suspended and doesn't count against the, against the 53, the Packers still go in with five with uh and, and keep Sternberger, uh, on the, uh, uh, on the reserve list. And then when he comes back, they make a hard decision then, or do you foresee more of an opportunity where they just say, you know what, we're going to make our decision now, whatever that is. Right. And then, um, and then figure it out from there.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting question and not for nothing, but if that's one of the final decisions they're having to make, it's tough to carry a guy. I know he doesn't count against the roster, but now you're talking about what if you have an injury going into week one or after week one, going into week two, that might force their hand where they've got to make a decision, not even factoring in, you know, um, the fact that he can come back in week three. So timing of his potential return, depending on the health of this roster, um, you know, it's, it's semantics, but trust me, these things can have an impact because really? you can't really afford to go into any Sunday a guy short. Um, and that's what you're potentially talking about doing if you make a decision to keep him long term and then you cut someone loose that maybe you would be better off having in those first couple of weeks. So it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Ultimately, I think the decision will be made based on, on what Sternberger does out on the field uh, in these games, as well as, as uh, throughout practice to rest of camp.
0: Yeah. Uh, anything else from the the tight end group or other offensive positions? I know we didn't talk too much about the offensive line tonight, but that could be its own podcast because there's a lot <laughs> going on there. A lot of question marks, but anything from these uh from these positional groups that we touched on?
1: No. Um, one thing on the offensive line, I I just want to say appreciate Elton Jenkins because it sounds like he's playing as an all pro left tackle (laughs) right now. And that's pretty ridiculous. So love that dude. Um, And uh, so I'll be interested to see how they gel early on. We do have some new guys out there. Obviously Bakhtiari is coming, going to be more than likely missing the start of the season. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how that works, but, um you know this offense may not be clicking on all cylinders right away this week let's not over over analyze this it's a process um we're going to have some new guys out there we talked about Jordan Love at the top but um i'm excited to see some of these competitions and and some of these guys get some reps out there and some opportunities
0: yeah no i i agree there's going to be a lot of faces on that offensive line throughout the preseason. They're trying to figure out the left guard spot. Runyon and Braden seem to be in an absolute dogfight. Patrick, um, yeah, uh, Lucas Patrick, excuse me, on the right side, getting some reps. Royce uh, Newman, Uh, where's Billy Turner going to play? I mean, there's a lot of guys. I think the Packers are still trying to find out who the best five are for week one, and that's going to be something that's going to happen throughout camp, and we probably aren't. There's a scenario, Wags, where we don't know who the starting five is going to be until uh, that new Orleans saints game are uh, right. You know, right around that first snap. So um, just keep an eye on that, but uh, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun this preseason, uh, you know, Packer fans buckle up. It let on talent, Uh, don't just, don't expect to see the superstars out there too much. We already know what they can do. So it's going to be some of these young guys and these next generation guys that are looking to earn a roster spot.
1: For sure. So I think Dane, we should wrap this up. We've been going on now, closing it on 40 minutes. So, um, anything else to throw out there before we sign off here tonight?
0: Listen, we've got a new YouTube channel that we're just getting up and running. We've got a ton of great interviews from the off season with a heck of a lot of Green Bay Packers. You can go back in our catalog, and we've got over ten guys came on our podcast over the summer that are currently on the roster. We've got a bunch more. Um, you know, check us out on wherever you get your podcasts. Really, right? We're talking iTunes, we're talking Spotify, we're talking Google, we're talking YouTube Music. I, I don't know wherever the kids get their their podcast we I think they can find us, and uh, and uh, just like us, rate us, tell your friends because uh, we love doing this, and we're very excited for another season of Green Bay Packers football for sure. So thanks for listening, and go Pack! Go, go Pack! Go.